You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleaver.com. Hey, if you are a kiddo and you'd like to come down here for the, the kids' sermon, we always do this as a part of Christmas, y'all. Come on down. Come down. You, you can sit here with me here on the platform if you can fit. Uh, if you can't fit, that's fine. We can, we can get some, some room in the floor. Y'all have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. All right. Y'all ready? You ready to learn something? Okay. Well, I've got candy bars so we can really learn something, okay? Anybody like chocolate? Anybody like chocolate? Does anybody... Whoa, wait. I wasn't talking to y'all. We're having a good time here, okay? Does anybody not like chocolate? Does anybody not like chocolate? Okay, good. You're all saved. Um, so anyway, all right. So does anybody know what size candy bar this is called? Fun this is fun size. Yes, ma'am. What, what is this size called? It's just a normal size. Yes, you're, you're doing very good, Autumn. King uh, size. This king size. Yeah. Which one is your favorite? King. Why is the king size your favorite? It wouldn't, isn't the fun size the best? I mean, it's in the name. It's a fun Size. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be the best? No. I want the kinks. I mean, I like, I like that one. You like the medium size one? You do? You like that one better? Well, here, you can have that one. Okay. Uh, um, sorry, Mom. Uh, the king size better? Yes. But, but it says it in the name. It's fun size. Isn't, isn't that more fun to have a fun size? I want the king No, so why is the king size better? Tell me. Why is the king size better? Because it's bigger. Because it's bigger. Is it, is it the biggest of all candy bars? Yeah. I mean, to my knowledge, I'm sure there's probably a bigger one out there and someone will yeah, Google it and show me. But here's the thing. Here's the cool thing, okay? I, you know, and I'm just messing with y'all. y'all. The king size is the best. I'm with you. But, but here's the thing. Jesus is our king, right? And he's, he's not a fun size God. He's, he's a king size God, you know? And he's big enough. He's big enough to take care of all our needs. You know why? Because he's a king size God. He's a big God. And no matter what we face this Christmas season, whether it be Corona, whether it be anything else like that that we face, we serve a king size God that can do anything. All right? All right? You want the king size? There you go. Hey, there. Take the fun size. There you go. All right. Well, shh. Let's pray, and then I'll send you back to your seats, okay? Hey, when y'all get back to your seats, here's what I want y'all to do. I want you to make sure that, hey, listen, listen, listen. Make sure mom and dad pay attention and stay off their phone. Okay? Can y'all do that for me? Okay? And I promise I'll keep it, I'll keep it right at 20 minutes if y'all will make sure mom and dad stay off their phone and pay attention, all right? All right? Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you today that you are a king-sized God. Lord, I pray that we don't serve a fun-sized God. We serve a king-sized God. And Lord, I pray this Christmas season that you would help us to understand that you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all go back to your mom and dad. Go back to your mom and dad. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. All right, so that's what today is all about. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Adults, pay attention. Stop talking amongst yourselves. I'm talking now, all right? So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Luke chapter 2. If you'd like to follow along in the black hardback Bible there in the chair in front of you, it's on page 805. 
But if you don't know where the Christmas story is, it is in Luke chapter 2. Now, I'm skipping ahead in the Christmas story, and I'm going to the portion with the shepherds, okay? So if you want to go home and read the rest of the story, but I guarantee most of you have probably heard it before. So I want to read this part. Verse 15 is where I'm going to start. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, found Mary and Joseph, the baby living in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in their heart. And the shepherds, uh, shepherds returning, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told them. The shepherds knew that they were worshiping a king. So tonight, as we continue in our Rejoice series all about worship, tonight, fitting, we save this for Christmas Eve. Tonight, we want to talk about how to worship a king. How do you worship a king? Because this Christmas season is all about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The little baby that came down from heaven. Jesus didn't have to come down to heaven, but he chose to come to earth. Why? So that we could be saved. He was born in a manger. Why? So that you could be Safe. So, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three ways that you can worship a king. The first is you worship him with your lifestyle. You worship him with your lifestyle. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this pattern for the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that, be, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. The pattern of this world says Christmas is about stuff, but God's pattern says Christmas is about worship. And sometimes we forget that. Guys, I want you to ask yourself, if you took away all the gifts of Christmas, would it still be a good Christmas? Would you still get to worship a king? Would you still get to see your family? Would you still get to be thankful for all the things that God has done with for you? The issue is, with our world, is that Christ was taken out of Christmas in our lives a long time ago. You know, we often say one of the things that I hear often as a pastor, and this headset keeps messing up, it will not stay on my ears today. Thank you, kids' Christmas program. Uh, one thing that I hear over and over and over and over and over again is, well, they took, they took Jesus out of our schools. Well, guys, here's the problem. Our world took Jesus out of the schools a long time ago because you quit shepherding your children. And you quit letting Jesus be the Lord of your life. And the problem is, the same is true with Christmas. Everybody always says, quit taking Christ out of Christmas. Well, the problem is he was taken out of it a long time ago because now it's all about capitalism. It's not about Christ. 
And guys, what we have to remember this Christmas season is that our lifestyle should proclaim that 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 worships a king. We don't need stuff because we have everything that we could ever want. Why? Because like I told the kids, we serve a king-sized God. Now, obviously, a king-sized bar is not big enough to, to understand the greatness of God, but that's what you serve. You don't serve a little fun-sized God that you can put in a nice little neat box. You serve a God that cannot be, that cannot be understood, that the heavens proclaim his majesty. That's the king that you serve. Number two, how do you worship a king? You worship him in generosity. You worship him with generosity. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Everybody loves this verse. I see it on Facebook a lot, okay? But let's talk about what it really means. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Right? Stop there. No, we actually need context, right? Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and it will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. With good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for the measure you use it will be the measure back to you. We like to tell people not to judge others, but we also don't want people to tell us what to do with our money. The number one thing that nobody wants you, wants you, what wants to hear from someone else is how they should manage their money. Because what this verse is saying is it's very clearly saying the measure in which you are generous is the measure in which God can be generous back to you. Guys, here's the problem. We like to take the things out of the Bible that work for us. We like to take the judge not or you will not be judged because that works great for us. But the problem is we forget the, oh, I need to give and be generous so that it'll be given back to me. We forget that part, right? It's in the same sentence. So God's trying to make a point to us, right? But here's the thing. I would like to eat cake and be skinny too, but that's not going to work very well for me, is it? If all I eat all day, every day is cake, how skinny am I going to be? I'm not going to be very skinny. But here's the thing. If you're just going to pick and choose out of the Bible what you want to follow, you're not going to follow them very well. Generosity and a Christ follower should be synonymous with one another. Guys, we should be and we will be the most generous church in Johnson County. It's going to happen. We're going to be there. Guys, this food pantry getting bigger is just the tip of the iceberg. But you know how we do it? We do it with you. You know, a funny saying that that always says is everybody asks, well, pastor, how are we going to afford to do this? said, here, let me tell you. Here's the problem. We have all the money that we ever need to do what God wants us to do around here. You know what the problem is? The problem is it sits currently into your bank account. You've just got to release it to allow God to work in his kingdom. That's the only problem. But guys, I'm here to tell you, when you give, when you are generous, God will bless you in ways that you've never seen before. Christ followers' fridges last a whole lot longer than other people's. Christ followers' cars tend to last a lot longer than other people's. You know what I mean? 
God just takes care of you. And it's not always in a money-making way. Sometimes it's in those mailbox checks. But sometimes it's just going out and your car starts every time. Do you know how much faith it is to just go out there and go, turn it? You didn't think about it. But it did. And God took care of it. So what does it mean to worship a king? Number one, we worship him with our lifestyle. Number two, we worship him with generosity. And number three, we worship him with praise and worship. Guys, one of the things that's not hard to find in the Bible, if you want to go look, is praise and worship. So I'm going to bring you two verses. The first is Ephesians chapter 5. Starting verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Give thanks always for everything that God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible, Psalm 100, starting verse 1, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Good. Come into his presence with what? Singing. Okay. Don't, it doesn't say come into his presence with sitting there and looking at the words. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Guys, the king is designed to be worshipped. And if you'll notice, the one thing that God instructed the shepherds, he instructed the magi when he was two years old, is he instructed them to what? To worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And they worshipped him not in a palace, they worshipped him in a barn. Because Jesus wanted you to understand, following him is not about your comfort. If you live in a stable and all you smell is poop when you go to sleep, you should be blessed. you know why? Because that's the way that the Lord came into this earth. But most of us will go to sleep with citral air and heat. Most of us will go to sleep in a nice cozy bed. But yet we complain that the Lord has not been good to us. Guys, all of what God does in your life is worthy to be praised and is worthy of your praise. The fact that you get to sit in a sanctuary like this on Christmas Eve and be free to worship the king should bring you praise. And guys, Christmas is our time to worship a newborn king, but it is morphed into a worship at the idol of stuff. Guys, here's the thing. You are designed to worship something. The problem is worshiping stuff's a whole lot easier because there's always more stuff to be had. And when we worship Jesus, we know that it's going to require something of us. It's going to require the first two points that I said, a lifestyle change. And it's going to require you to be generous. People are like, listen, pastor, okay, this is Christmas Eve. Okay, you're not supposed to hit me in the throat on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. This is Christmas 2020, all right? We need it, all right? This is like no other Christmas we had before. You know, it, it requires a little bit tough love. 
But guys, here's what I want you to understand. If we can get the church on fire to worship the Lord, if we can get the church on fire with their lifestyle, if we can get the church on fire with their generosity, we can change the world in 2021. Do you want to change the world with me in 2021? Because I want to. I'm tired of this mess. I'm tired of us just standing around waiting for the world to do it. I'm tired of standing around waiting for politicians to take us to the promised land. We are called as children of God to take this world into the promised land. Are you ready? Because that's what 2021 is going to be all about. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you on this beautiful, balmy Christmas Eve? Number one, do you have a lifestyle of worship? Do you have a lifestyle of worship? Do you know what a lifestyle of worship means? A lifestyle of worship means it's not about you, it's about him. A lifestyle of worship means it's not about your comfort, it's about what's best for his kingdom. Guys, I'd love, I'd love to just preach one service on Sunday. But you know what? God doesn't care about what I'd like to do. We need two. And I'm guaranteeing you in 2021, just buckle your seatbelts. We're going to need three. Unless we can make a, knock down a wall and make a sanctuary bigger, which we're working on that too. But guys, what we have to understand is this walk in our lives, in this lifestyle of worship, it's not about your comfort. If you walk in on a Sunday morning and somebody's sitting in your chair, you know what? It ain't about you. If you walk in on Sunday morning and somebody took your spark parking spot, you know what? Who cares? Somebody's at church. Praise the Lord. They must be new because they didn't know it was your spot, right? <laughs> and they must be new because they didn't know it was your spot in the chair either, right? And that's what it's all about. <laughs> Yes, I'm talking to John, okay? You didn't have to point him out in front of everybody, all right? <laughs> My spot's gone. Now. Your spot's gone. <laughs> you know, it may be back soon enough. And then, and then when, I, when we knock down this wall, then nobody's going to have a spot, right? Number two, Amen. do you live a generous life? Do you live a generous life? You know, oftentimes, well, oftentimes, I'll, I'll just say always. Do you know what the number one subject I get the most complaints that I preach about here at the church. You want to guess? Money. You know why? Because it's the last thing that anyone wants to hear. And you know why? Your wallet, I don't even have mine in my pocket. Your wallet is the last thing generally that you lay at the altar of God. But I'm here to tell you, when you stop allowing your money to dictate what God has called you to do, things change. Because money is just as much as an idol as anything else. You know, I've got four kids. I need money. They eat a lot. Especially if you feed them things like, my my daughter asked me the other day, why don't we have steak all the time? I go, well, you know, it's a hard knock life for us, you know. (laughs) Can't have steak every day. Said it's a little bit of a more of expensive protein, okay? You just stick to your chicken fingers. Those are a little bit more, more economical. But you know what? We serve a generous God. God wants to lavish his generosity on us. But like we read in the verse, 
He can't lavish his generosity on us if we do not lavish our generosity on other people because there's no room for him to fill things back up. And so guys, if you want Christ to be generous with you, you have to be generous with others because the measure that is given is the measure you will receive. Number three. What I want to leave you with today is will you worship the king this Christmas season? Now in just a moment, we're going to do one of the most worshipful moments of this Christmas season. No, will you hand me that candle, son? So we're going to do a candle light. Now many people ask, what, what's the point of lighting candles? It is an illustration that Jesus is the light of the world. And as we begin to light, one candle, one spark lights another. Another candle lights another and another and another. And what happens? The light is spread all over the room. Just like if God's people would get on fire, his fire would be spread all over the world. And that's what this Christmas season is all about.